Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Couchy. And you're listening to episode 56 of the show with the super rad dudes from Unsplash. Uh, you might know them from uh, Unsplash.com. Really amazing website with beautiful photos, free use for everyone. I kind of don't even want to tell you about it because it's such a good resource. <laughs> uh, but then also Crew. Um, and Crew is a platform. It helps connect people with projects. It's really cool. It's like I think designers, developers, and uh, clients working on there. And the cool thing is, um, well, I should mention it's Mikhail Cho and Luke Chesser uh, from Crew. The cool thing is Unsplash, which is how I found them, uh, was a side project of Crew, and that just so happens to be the episode topic. Absolutely. We're talking about side projects, labors of love, and how you balance them with what you might call your main project or your bread and butter or whatever foot puts food on the table. And it's interesting to hear about the story about how Crew is their main kind of and still today is the thing they put most of their time into, but Unsplash has grown to become this absolute phenomenon that tons of people love and enjoy and share. And, you know, it just goes to show that side projects sometimes can take on a life of their own, and it turned out to be a really interesting conversation. Hell yeah, they can, man. It's like, I mean, this is a side project for us, and it's like the best. It's so, I mean, side projects are, are I feel like they give your, um, your other hustles like even more context, and it just, man, keeps you rolling. Absolutely. Um, I, I want to thank SaneBox. Uh, you may have heard me talk about them before. I'm a huge fan of SaneBox uh, as a resource for me, especially as a freelancer, as like a hustler. It makes my email life so much simpler. Uh, it organizes it. It gets all the crap out of the way. It's pretty cheap. It, I'm a big fan. I'm, honestly, like, <laughs> I also want to like pay someone to use it, and if they keep using it, they maybe have to give me a dollar every month or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I could yeah. probably make out more money in the long run because it's that good of a tool. Um, if you're interested in trying it out, uh, head over to sanebox.com slash ad slash 10khrs. That's uh, slash ad slash 10khrs. Thank you, Sanebox. You guys are homies. And thank you to Mikhail Cho and to Luke Chesser for joining us on the show. And thank you, listeners. As always, enjoy episode 56, Side Projects. Uh, Mikel and Luke. <laughs> <That's it>. Mr. <laughs> yeah. Esquire. <laughs> sir, uh, sir and Luke goes by Madam. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Vince. Grant. I feel like the last few episodes, we've we've almost jumped the gun. We've just dove headlong into the stuff. I've, and it's like... It's been so nice. There's, there's no buildup. We're launching off a ramp, but it's like a two-foot ramp. We need at least two or three hundred meters of, of buildup of speed to I, hit that at high octane. I gotta disagree, man. Tell me, what are you working on? Hey, it's been real busy, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, putting a little work into... Uh, a side project that'll come up later uh, that me and a friend of mine, Elliot Matson, are working on. Uh, it is a podcast, comedy podcast, entitled These Parts. Uh, it's kind of like a spoof on a cross-country 
Yeah, well, you'll have to listen to it. Uh, we recorded the ah, intro for it. That's a good marketing. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, Elliot wrote some music for it, so it's been pretty interesting. Um, kept me busy and been putting some time in with this really cool organization called Common Table, uh, doing some brainstorming thematic work for them. Stormy weather. Just the, the rolling waves, the crackling lightning. Grant, what have you been putting your time into recently? Actually, today, just like a couple hours before you got here, I got some cool... I'm not totally sure how it's going to come to fruition, but I'm going to collaborate with the Death to Stock guys, friend of the show. Oh, yeah. I forgot what episode they were on. But um, I think they're going to help produce a music video, actually, that I'm shooting, which is like super random. But <laughs> That's really cool. It, it'll make more sense later on. Pretty, pretty <laughs> uh, excellent. But actually, Death to Stock is somewhat in the same vein as our guests today, or at least one of their projects. Yes. Um, I came to these guys, I don't know how long ago. It's like a secret I didn't want to tell anyone. I've told you that before. We actually use we use their resources on our site. If, I don't know Very if, frequently. I don't know if you guys uh, had a chance to look through the site at all, but whenever we do a hostful episode, we use a photo from Unsplash, and that's unsplash.com. And uh, that is how I came to Luke and then to Mikkel. Uh, and Mikkel, you're CEO of Crew, and, and Luke, you're a designer developer. You both work at Crew, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. And Unsplash, which I was referencing, is uh, a project that came out of Crew. Uh, maybe could you just tell people a little bit about that? And also, welcome to the yeah, show, hi, and, and hey. thanks for joining us. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, which, one is, which one is Mikkel Cho, and which one is Luke Chesser? The raspy, nice voice is Mikkel, and the schoolboy <laughs> voice is Luke. Wow. Wow, taking the clothes off already. I inspired early. Yeah, like another it. hour. Yeah. We have that dynamic over here, too. <laughs> Maybe we should go two on two. <laughs> All right, Luke, you and me. Um, thank yeah. you guys so much for joining us. And yeah, uh, allow me first to ask. Yeah, great question. What are you guys putting your time into recently? Um, so everything started as, as crew. So our company is crew, uh, which is a site that connects vetted short-term projects with vetted independent professionals. And we mainly focus on design and development work. Uh, but this happened to lead to a lot of other things, especially when you're trying to grow something, uh, you'll often try a bunch of different things and that's where Unsplash actually came from. And Unsplash is? Yeah, so Unsplash is a free photo site that was created by accident. <laughs> and what we did is we were, you know, you were sort of just explaining that, you know, you've got some of these photos on your site. And the, the thing that we experienced is with Crew, we were, we were building our first version of our site and we needed a, a good photo. We couldn't find anything anywhere. So we hired a photographer, but we had all these leftovers. And we sort of said, hey, I bet people could use this. And if people might be building a site, that could also be a customer of Crew. Uh, so let's put them up on a blog. We did a $19 Tumblr blog and set it up in an afternoon in three hours. Uh, the hardest thing was coming up with the tagline, I remember, because we, we had nothing. It was just like, we'll call it Unsplash, but there was no line. So we said, okay, we'll do 10 photos every 10 days. We didn't know how we were going to get the next 10. We only had 10. <laughs> um, so we, we put it up and we put a submit your photo here link. Uh, within the first couple days, there was 20,000 photo downloads. We built it without writing a single line of custom code. So we were using like public Dropbox links and everything started crashing. <laughs> That's Dropbox messaged me 
Dropbox is like, okay, you guys got to upgrade. I don't know what's happening, but it's pretty cool. Because um, <laughs> it was number one on Hacker News that day. So I think a lot of people were seeing it there. And then they sort of helped out to keep the site up. Uh, and then what happened is people started submitting photos, like a lot of photos. And from that first time of posting, we have never had to sort of go and scramble or ask photographers for anything. Amazing. People have just started submitting them. And they've been really high quality, you know, you've seen on the site, the thing that surprises me the most is just the consistent high quality that is being put on on Splash. It's pretty amazing. They really are. They're beautiful. And actually, friend of the show, episode, I want to say 40, Ugmunk, he's got quite yeah. a few photos on your site, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. Really, really beautiful. It came, that, that one came from like a tweet because people were people sort of doing this a little bit uh, in different pockets. You know, they had extra photos and they would share them out to people. Uh, and then Unsplash kind of became this place where you can do that and you can connect with, with our audience, with your audience. Uh, we take care of all the hosting. Everything is free. And it's a pretty unique way for people to, you know, use some of these photos that they've got kind of sitting around. And it's happening even more now, you know, with, with mobile devices and the quality of the cameras. You know, everyone is uh, able to take shots. They're not necessarily all good, but, you know, people have a lot lying around that they can sort of submit and see what happens. Totally, and that's a good exposure for a photographer, potentially. Yeah, we're we're seeing, you know, if a photo gets featured as one of the 10, uh, within the first few days, there's about 30,000 downloads. Damn. That's unreal. Those are are insane numbers. Yeah, like per month right now, there's about 3 million photos downloaded and over 300 and over 300 million photos viewed. So how long has it been around at this point? 15 months. Okay. Wow. 15, sorry, I'm off. You're off. I've been, I've been saying that. I'm going to be a fact checker over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. Our two-year, it's, it's longer than that because our two-year anniversary is coming up at the end of this May. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's actually, it's actually been almost two years. Cool. Wow. Well, happy anniversary in a month. <laughs> and it's, a, it's amazing because... If I'm to understand your story, this all came about kind of just as, you know, an offshoot idea of we have extra photos lying around. We could probably do something with it. And now it's a a massive movement, which transitions well into what we're talking about with you guys today. And that is side projects and the nature of side projects Mm -hmm. and where they come from and without being too trite, where they go. And... Mm -hmm. What I would, I'd like to ask you guys right off the bat is, how do you balance crew and Ugmunk and your other side projects? Or sorry, sorry, crew, <laughs> yeah, crew and Unsplash and all your other side projects. Yeah. Um, so we've, you know, from the beginning when we had Unsplash, it sort of created this environment in the culture of. Okay, there's there's always these opportunities where you can go a step further. Like we could have put those on a blog post and given them away, uh, but by going a step further, it created something that was much bigger, and we didn't actually have to put a lot more effort into it. And what we realized is we started doing a couple that we sort of applied that principle to a few other concepts that we had, which you know they could have been blog posts, but when you looked at what was already created around those things. We're like, that's not really going to be that much better. You know, how can we make something that's 10 times better, but that's still not like a huge amount of effort? Because as you said, we were still focusing on crew and plus we have all these little projects. So we started to develop a formula basically internally that we try to hit for every project that we do. And they each need to hit a certain level of criteria 
um, in order for us to warrant putting in a certain amount of effort. Um, they have to meet certain criteria for us to even do them. And that's how we, we look at it. And it's really like they are essentially like content marketing on steroids. That's how they start. You know, it's like we're not just going to create blog posts. Blog posts are great. We, we write a lot. But there's certain times where you have an opportunity to do something a bit further. And we look for those. And those become our projects. And they're not just random stuff. They're always related to our, uh, you know, our community. So anything that benefits our members is one of the side projects that we'll do. We won't kind of just do something totally random. Uh, and I think that all really fits in and creates like this ecosystem of stuff that you're doing for people. And we really believe in that. You know, we've always, we've read, I've written a post called create more than you can, you consume. And that's all, all about putting things out there that are beneficial to people. And it might seem like it's a lot of upfront work, but by doing more great work and, and letting people share in that, I think that's ultimately the thing, um, that helps build community and, um, get you connected to everyone. So. Totally. I, and I think, I mean, projects or tools or resources, anything with utility and with a spin on it more than a blog post is just like so much more interesting. You know, when I think of something I would share with people, you know, if you wrote even a really, really insightful blog post, I've shared yeah. Unsplash with a hundred people probably right. in the last year and a half because it's so it's just like, oh, it's this thing. And it's right. It, it needs it's valuable explanation too yeah right yeah and i think even like the, the the target keeps moving in the sense of uh like it used to be when you'd create a blog post uh like you know 10 years ago you were one of the only people creating blog posts so um that was like the first you know way that people started giving their you know their information away or these ideas away for free um and now everyone kind of does that like every company has a blog every you know person tries to make a blog um and you kind of have to take one step further now, I think. I think like the, the bar is being raised collectively. Um, and I think that's what we try and do with some of our side projects is basically turn what would be a blog post or something into something more. And it's, uh, it's definitely having uh, success for us, at least. Yeah. Yeah, we just, uh, we just put out a post. Actually, we're hiring a special project squad. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's going to be a small team of two or three. And it's actually, there's no marketing professionals in it it's designers and developers cool. and we actually believe the future of marketing is going to look a lot like an engineering team yeah really yeah that's exciting i think it's interesting that you you make it so it's not quite so much a distinction between just a shareable idea and something that's project worthy you're just giving your favorite ideas a chance to grow into something and oftentimes it's working so i think that's Fascinating. Do you ever feel like there's some friction between devoting um, however many hours in a day you guys have to the maintenance and perpetration of Unsplash versus crew versus whatever other projects you're working on? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a challenge, but I think it's a challenge. Uh, priority management is probably, I would say, one of the single biggest challenges of every company with everything that you're doing, right? You're, you're writing, you're hiring, you have marketing, you have product and all these things fit into different pockets and you you have a certain number of people and things that you can put towards everything. So you're always like shifting and trying to figure out where to put things. And yeah, these things add to it, but we still treat it under the realm. Just like, you know, if you were going to go and update your blog as a company and make it really nice, you know, you're going to put a designer on that and have them do some changes and, and that, that requires a resource or maintenance. So it's often, this is one of the reasons we're doing the special project squad is because we have built a few of these that have grown to the point 
where they're worth that amount of attention. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning, we're splitting things because we also don't know how big some of those things are going to be. Some of them are exploratory. Some of them are things that uh, are actually something we consider putting into crew. So we built a thing called how much to make an app, which is like an estimator tool. And we, this was an estimator we wanted to build into crew, but we didn't know necessarily how to do it. And we didn't want to take away from crew's core offering of helping you find someone great. Mm-hmm. So we built it externally instead. And it, it happened to give us, both things. It, one gave us people who were just coming and using that and then coming to crew. And then the second piece is we've learned what we needed to build in a, in a, in a good estimator. That's cool. It's, it's interesting to hear you talk about your approach for some of these things that you said could be blog posts, but end up being these side projects. And I think it's kind of I, a lot, it's, it's sort of trendy and it's become a thing where it's like MVP, most uh, minimum viable product. You know, what is, what is the lowest level that you could push this out at and ship it at and then get feedback on. But I, I really like the idea of applying a little bit more polish and making it something that looks like it's real or is real mm-hmm. with just a little bit more effort. And I feel like in that way, you sort of set yourself up slash plan for potential success that you maybe couldn't have with something that looks like an MVP. Yeah. And some, well, sometimes the, the minimum viable product, you know, it's also based on a whole sort of, if we go really deep into that stuff, it's like the lean canvas and you know, who you're targeting, what's the, what's the advantage of your minimum viable product. Sometimes, especially in these cases, like the, how much to make an app tool, the advantage is going to be how we design it. Right, so the minimum viable product still sort of needs to be designed yeah. in a way that that that's good. Obviously, we can't, we don't want to go too far, but that is that's part of the uh, of what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, it was a similar thing with Unsplash. How do you present photos in a really nice way? Now, how you go about doing that, I think that is where the minimum viable product mentality can come in, and that's often sometimes where. Yeah, it's good where you where you almost can't design or develop because we actually one of the approaches we have is. Most of these projects, the first version can probably be built by hacking a bunch of stuff together. Yeah. Like if you don't know how to code, it's almost a good, good thing for a lot of these. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go like Unsplash was made without a line of code, just put sort of three or four things together, but it still served the purpose. It hit all the, I think the right points that it needed to, um, to be a minimum viable product. That's what I appreciate with like Squarespace. Just the rise of that is just like, it actually does allow more people access to that. And even just personally, it's like, I can very quickly get something that looks great and that right. maybe works and presents the idea that I need. Right. Boom, boom. That's an right. interesting conversation about balance though, that you guys are bringing up is that like at, on one hand, this by nature is a side project, right? You can't just suddenly invest all your hours into it and make it like give it its best possible shot to succeed. Right. But at the same time, you don't want to let a good idea fall into empty space because it wasn't executed at a level that was shareable or digestible. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic that's unique to starting a side project because when you, when we talk about starting something new, a lot of times we talk about throwing your whole self behind it and going Mm -hmm. hard and, you know, giving yourself a chance to succeed, but you can't always do that with a side project. Well, I I mean, we've talked about this before. It's like, diversifying I think sometimes and finding complementary things so that's something you guys are very much doing is finding things that uh, it's almost it's like we've talked about this too it's like sort of fail proofing 
If right. you guys are making something that will at least check these boxes, then it even if it doesn't get the audience or it doesn't get the response, like you're still investing and getting something back out of that investment. I mean, exactly. ten thousand hours is very much a side project for us. Yep. But because like it's it's become I think more successful, quote unquote, than we would have ever imagined. Right. But, but it was very successful from day one because our first interest was spending time together and working on something together. So we right. took that box and then it was learning more about the process, learning more about what it would take. Boom, boom. And then it was connecting with people and getting to have interesting conversations. The rest is all gravy at that. Absolutely. Point. So yeah. I think like when you talk about something like unsplash, that's a good example of something that was successful in a way from the very first moment that you put it up on a website, right? It's, oh, yeah. dude, you know what's a funny thing? Okay, I want to ask you guys this. I don't know if this is the case, but this reminds me of, uh, this makes me think of like, not, I don't want to say one hit wonders, but like people who have, who have like these gigantic hits with one of their projects who are, yeah. who have been putting in an insane amount of time and effort and are so talented in all these other facets, but they're known for the one thing. Have you guys <laughs> right. ever felt any of that? Like, um, oh, it's the Unsplash guys? When it's like, no, do you realize like all this other shit we're making that's incredible? Like, God. Sometimes, uh, well, with Unsplash, Unsplash was totally unexpected. Yeah. So we had, you know, I remember it was a Skype chat. I was sitting in a coffee shop messaging Luke. And we're like, hey, we're going to do this thing. We've got this extra photos. I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, and we're like, yeah, it'd be cool if like a thousand, even if a thousand people yeah. downloaded a photo, that'd be, that'd be cool. Like that was what we were, we were like, we just want to get these out there because we thought it was a, a cool thing. Like we just wanted to give them away. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. When that's the bar, it shifts. And then you know, to touch on the point of it becoming massive and then like just taking over, it's kind of, it, it has become that way in, in uh, many senses. Like there's a lot more people that have heard about Unsplash than crew. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I understand that also the markets are different and the, the people, what you can do on the site is different. You know, if you're on a site where you can do a lot of things and um, you're using it and, it and you feel like you're a member of that unsplash, I think you can, you can do a lot of things there. Whereas with, with crew right now is sort of, you're there to do a project, right? And if you don't have a project, you can't really go in past the homepage. Yeah. Right. Know, so I think, you know, that's, that's one of the other factors and we don't necessarily feel feel bad about it it's like even blog posts you know blog posts sometimes will get uh you know half a million views on blog posts um but it's it's a different type of thing and i just think it all falls under the realm of of creating and can you consistently create good things not a lot of people can do that all right all right bravo yeah (laughs) Yeah. i was trying to throw a a curveball and you you got i'll give you a double on that one (laughs) (laughs) yeah well struck um this kind of brings me to a question, and I don't know either of your guys' personal stories or journeys or how you got to crew, um, but what happens when the side project becomes the main project? Has that happened to you guys in the past? Grant, I'm kind of thinking of your situation. It was a bit more purposeful when you, like your transition from Lesco to making films, right? Oh, yeah. But... Was it kind of that same vibe that started out as a side interest to become oh, more of your well, main yeah, focus? Okay, so that's an interesting thing. I think um, what you're getting at for me, and, and maybe this will resonate with you guys or, or spark something, is like when I talked about diversifying, I've sort of been in between, um, I don't want to say titles, but in between disciplines on a few different things. You know, I started out as a writer. That was my passion. I got into design work and then like 
you know, it's kind of a balance between those. And then I knew I wanted to get into filmmaking. And so it's been this weird balance of like, okay, well, what am I exactly? What is the thing that is paying my bills? What is the thing that I'm putting all this energy into? And it's this like weird kind of spectrum and continuum that evolves. Um, so I, I don't know for me, I guess for some people, I think you, you don't necessarily want the thing that you're the most passionate about to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And for me, it has been, that is still a balance with like filmmaking stuff mm-hmm. because it's, I wouldn't say that pays most of my bills. Most of my bills are still like, it's a lot of freelance design work and writing work and some other like side projects. But, um, I think that's where I'm pushing. Sure. You yeah, guys, I, think, uh, I mean, in the context of, um, a side project becoming the main thing, um, I, I don't mind it. You know, it's like yeah. it, it, with Unsplash, it's starting to happen, and we we have like Luke just does Unsplash. That's true. You know? so, <laughs> but we've, we we it, it was a, it was a timing thing, and uh, it was sort of how do you feel? What's the intuition on it? Uh, and, and sort of like we were speaking earlier, you want to put uh, enough time and thought towards things that uh, have the opportunity to make a big impact. And it wasn't something we took like lightly in the sense of uh, it took about 16, 17 months before yeah. we even put one of us on it more than an hour a week kind of thing. Like the, the numbers were pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Really and we, we still, this yeah, that, that's where it got <laughs> you. But, but at that point uh, it was still, it was, it was, it was exactly the same as when we started it. It was hacked together with a bunch of tools and, and uh, you know, it wasn't something we took lightly to just, to take one of us off of working on crew um, and put us on on a side project, uh, you know, more full time. It's a weird balance. Yeah, it's funny when those projects that you never ever thought would have—I mean, maybe you thought it would have a financial imperative, like through a funnel system—and I guess I don't really know if there are economics behind it right now. Maybe you can answer that. But like, that's—I I think Vince and I even had that discussion with Ten Thousand Hours. Is like, yeah. we never thought one dollar would ever come in the door because it was just like not even, not even in our heads. Right. Exactly. Like, it's still like you know a trickle of sponsorship stuff, but still it's a thing, and it's like, oh wow, this is like, oh this is like a real thing now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we thought we were gonna have a nineteen dollar loss. <laughs> we bought the Tumblr theme. Put up some photos. That's that's where it, I didn't, man, no, we didn't think it was gonna be anything. Like right now, it's the number one referral source to crew. Yeah, and there's far, and there's definitely something about the trust that it creates. These these side yeah. projects, like like Mikel touched on it earlier mm-hmm. with crew, uh, it's it's a small community in the sense of like the people who make it in the door and crew. Um, by necessity, it's smaller um, than something like like on Splash where it's trying to appeal to everyone. Um, and part of the hardest thing about getting someone through the door and trying crew is just getting them to try it. Um, and once they try it, they, they seem to you know love it. But uh, but getting them there is, is, is difficult. Um, but if you build these products that they can try out for free and, uh, you know, experience and, and hopefully like or love, um, it builds a trust, a level of trust that, that um, translates into crew, I think, as well. Yeah, most of the stuff that we're building are, are things that people do right before they go and do a project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I'm looking for photos for this, this is the site I want to do. Or, hey, I'm just trying to share some designs with some other people. 
uh, oh, I'm trying to figure out how much it's going to cost me to do something. So most of the, if you sort of look at the whole list of projects we've done, most of it is the stuff like that you do right before you're about to do a project. What's the uh, design tool? Uh, so we have a product called Moodboard. Ah. And if you if you Google Moodboard, uh, it should be on the first page, gomoodboard.com. But we wanted to create a simple way. It actually came from crew. Um, people just sharing sort of concepts and ideas, but we want it to be really simple. So you don't have to make an account or anything. You just drag and drop images, share with a link, and you can comment on all those images. Oh, so sort of the everything and everything that we do in terms of these little projects is sort of in that simple vein. You know, we're going to always compete on being simple. And that's the beauty of you know, some of these, these projects because if you do a lot of these types of projects, probably the only way you can compete is by being simple. Yeah. You can't build something more. You're not going to out-feature someone. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think you have – I mean you guys touched on a couple of good points. I think one being that you have to be open-minded and flexible and you have to be ready for something to take off. And you can't, right. you can't be stagnant and stationary and – fixed to your original idea, especially if a side project is going to benefit the original idea in the end. And the second thing is, you guys mentioned this right away at the beginning of our discussion, but you brought it up again here. It's that all of this is like laddering from the same kind of core set of values. It's all helping each other. It's all part of the same ecosystem. And I think to me, that seems like it would seem a lot less like dividing your time and borrowing one to help another if it's all kind of this cohesive, holistic element. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it feels like, you know, in- internally here. You know, how it just you, feels... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, how would you describe that, like, overarching mission? Like, what do all of the crew-inspired family of projects and side projects work toward? A lot of it is, you know, it's toward... One of the challenges is creativity, right? So when people try to work together on creative work, there's often a barrier. There's a barrier in you know, on people understanding what each other is saying. Like if a designer is talking about HTML, does the other person understand what that means? Uh, you know, how do you break things down? How do you work together? And now that people are able to work together much easier no matter where they are in the world, you know, that is happening even more. And if there's tons of friction in that process, all of this can just fall apart and creativity can suck and not be fun. Anyway. So that is the overarching theme of all of this stuff. We are constantly trying to make things for people who are making things and people who are trying to, trying to make a difference and do something cool. Uh, we want to help them be able to do that better, remove as many barriers as we can. Um, if we don't have, a product or a feature that's ready for that, we're going to do it in another way. We're going to write a blog post. We're going to make a side project. We're going to do something to help make that process easier. And one of those things becomes even bigger. Cool. We're going to, you know, do what we need to do, but that's really the overarching thing. As though, I mean, I appreciate that. It's generous. I really do think so. And it's, I can definitely like respond to that as a creator. Like there mm-hmm. are tools that I use that I would not be able, well, I would be able to create, but it would be, uh, far, far more painful. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah cool. it should feel fun again. Like that's really what it's about. There's all that stuff that you deal with when you do a creative project. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and it's it's things that take away from you be getting better at your craft, from you, you know, being able to communicate what you're what's in your head properly. You know, to someone else that you're working with. So that you know, reducing all of that friction is a dream 
and for all of us. That's awesome. And how many, like, what? How many people are working on Crew now, or, or like, what? How many users do you guys have, or how does that look? So we're sixteen. Uh-huh. So we're we went grew, grew from like seven to sixteen in the past few months. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, uh, we do now. Um, we're at about just sorry. I just did an infographic. <laughs> I'm blanking on the number. Like so, we're because we're, we're doing That's our okay. two year. We're doing our two year review. Yeah. Um, so in in twenty so twenty thirteen we had about a million dollars in approved projects mm-hmm. posted on Crew, uh, and then twenty fourteen we had nine million dollars in approved projects posted. I'm no mathematician, on but what is it, 900 <laughs> been? I'm no good at number counting, but that's pretty. But me, it's that big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, we're doing about seventy thousand dollars transactions a week, oh, how crazy. Uh, all through Crew, and you know we've paid out now it's two point two million dollars to professionals in over thirty two countries. Wow! Well, hey, congrats, guys! And we're supporting. You know, some people are on Crew almost full time. Like they're they're making their livelihood through Crew. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is a huge thing That's because. Yeah, it's, really it's cool. like and being able to deliver consistent, high quality work. That's the whole thing that we're we're trying to do for independent professionals. Well, it sounds yeah. like you guys are achieving that at least at some level because those are very admirable and impressive numbers. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, you can tell that it's going to be successful because you guys have the right approach. Um, you, I appreciate we, that. Oh yeah, of course. We we mentioned the word fun a couple minutes ago. It was in a different context, but I think we'd be remiss to yeah. not touch on that part of the side project conversation so much at least in my personal life of the side projects that i do are because frankly i don't expect to get a single shred of anything out of them besides it's going to be fun to do Mm -hmm. and the side projects in my life often serve kind of a stress release function or a creative stimulation function that's apart from my career um where do you guys think fun factors into the side projects that you do and that's the question goes for you too grant well, I know personally as a designer and developer, um, there's certain things you can't do or experiment with on a main project. Like you can't just go and take some new framework or some new design style or something like that and just throw it in the middle of your product. Um, where with a side project, uh, you get that kind of uh, ability to, if you want to try out something new, you get to go and do that right away, which is pretty cool. Um so I know like for, for our developers and our designers that work with us, it's, it's, a, it's, it's one of the most fun parts of the week because you get to try out something. Uh, you know, I mean, we'd be doing this in our spare time anyway. So to get paid to do this is, is pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, well said. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I just think um, uh, I agree a lot with what, what Luke was saying. It gives you those opportunities to try things. Um, and those are often where you learn what you need to do on the main, main product. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's where you find the stuff and it's the deflection of focus. Sometimes it's what helps you focus. And you know, it's like yeah. letting, letting your unconscious do the work kind of thing. You know, that's what, that's the, that's the that's stuff where you write a, write a blog post and you leave it for a day and then you come back and look at it again. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I got to fix all this stuff. Like this is totally wrong, but this is so much better. And just by leaving it sit, a side project almost does a similar thing. It allows you to, as you said, sort of just deflect some energy over here on a thing that might really be triggering you in your brain and you really want to do something. And 
being sort of a creative outlet. And then you learn something. You're going to learn something every time. And just by doing something. So making things, you're always going to learn something. And you can probably take that back. That's like the main motivation for a lot of my projects is like, what, what will I look like? What will I put a gun to my own head and force myself to learn on this one? I mean, that right. was us with audio with this. Oh yeah. Um, with a lot of filmmaking stuff, that's a constant thing. Every time we're always guns like, to your head, three or four yeah, yeah. guns. Yeah. At all times. So many guns. Over here. Uh, in the, in America, which is where we are, guns are easy to come by. Uh, they literally grow on trees. Yeah. Um, but you know, also I think there's just like, uh, and something more that I've been doing more often now is just like more kind of art style stuff where it's just mm-hmm. like full release of just, but, but I also find it's like, I feel a little crazy if I, I don't have like many projects going on and I kind of need to bounce around them. Like I think uninterrupted, <laughs> uninterrupted focus is important for some things, but, but I need to just like be able to hop back and forth between projects and put different kind of levels of energy into it. Like you were saying. Just indulge right. the ADD. Yeah. Le- <laughs> yeah. You have to, honestly, I feel like the way to control it is to lean into it instead Just of Just let to- it go free, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> let it tire itself out like a child. Yeah, no, I totally, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Um, speaking of short attention spans, uh, we're going to jump to something completely different. Woo! <laughs> and that is that. Uh, Vinny, your transition game today, A+. plus. Thanks, man. Uh, actually, one of the worst ones of all time. But we, every week, like to break up the conversation, deflect focus a bit, and kind of get ourselves thinking about something different in a segment we call the Off-Topic Topic. This week, guys, we're going a little supernatural. We're talking about the ethereal, the, the non-physical, the metaphysical. We're talking about ghosts. Oh man! Right on. I came, I came prepared for this. This is <laughs> really ghost book to it. Yeah, I've been waiting for someone else. G about for ghosts. ghosts. Okay, page seventy-three. What do you guys think about ghosts? What What springs to your mind when I say ghosts? Snapchat. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. That's what it is. Do you guys use Snapchat? No, I don't. No, I don't. Oh, I downloaded once, and then there was. I felt like an old guy because there's like no feed. I'm like, where's the feed? How do I friend the <laughs> favoriting the person? <laughs> okay, so you don't use Snapchat. Check. Uh, um, what uh, what else? <laughs> but ghosts. Yeah. Uh, ghosts. In pr- on principle, do you believe in them? I'm just now. I'm just thinking like ghosts. The blogging. Framework. That's sorry. true. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's actually sorry, man. God, you guys are just you like guys aren't going nerds. off topic enough. <laughs> let, let that down for just one moment and just be real with us. Mm. Okay, can one of you guys answer? Oh, what, for what, sure. What I will. This, I'll this be is the most happy. uncreative thing I said. But can one of you guys? Hey, maybe this is what we could do. We could start a new platform for people who need for off-topic topics. <laughs> it'll just have like a few uh, starter ideas within the off-topic topic. You scroll through. You can... Oh, that would be a good yeah. tool. Could you guys build us a tool for us to use? <laughs> All right, then you... Sub- submit uh, the project. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, ghosts. I don't necessarily. I in fact I don't. Flat period. Full stop. <laughs> believe in the supernatural, but what I do love. Is uh, is ghost culture, uh, either in the form of classic uh, horror movies, including my favorite all-time horror movie, Poltergeist, Whoa. or uh, a I think it's on A and E 
One of my favorite bad TV shows of all time, Ghost Hunters. Yes, yes, absolutely love Ghost Hunters. And the the fact that the episode is pretty much the same every single week, in that They've perfected the formula. Why change it? Absolutely, like Coca Cola. So Zach Zach Bag Bogan Zach Bogan is the host, and he is like Bogan. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ghost puns. I love it. Uh, it's the most. It's the I best. <laughs> Shut off your brain. Television. There is. It's just basically forty-five minutes of of night vision goggle cam and scra- and like scratchy audio. A a minute. And then like some indecipherable technical device that has <laughs> a meter. It's like it oh some Scientology yeah, shit. exactly. We've got have, the. Have you watched? Uh, have you seen Kroll Show? Any of you guys? No, no, I haven't had the pleasure. Me. Okay, they like parody it on there with like a character he needs Bobby Bottle Service, and he's a <laughs> ghost bouncer. He, he's, he's like a bouncer, and then they go to these houses and they bounce the ghosts. <laughs> they put on like a little, they put on like light, flashing lights, and uh, vodka. That's and actually hilarious it. because the actual the the people on Ghost Hunters have this very weird, aggressive kind of stance <laughs> toward the ghosts. They're always trying to fight the ghosts and like egg the ghosts on. It's very bizarre. Uh, but it, it's it's great. So in that regard, I love ghosts. My my <laughs> girlfriend has a group of friends who like are they like go to supernatural places and like spent like they do the whole ghost huntery thing. I respect that. Yeah, I think yeah. that sounds fun. I think they get into. It. I don't know if they're like totally sold. I, I don't think they're going full Scientology on it. It's more like ah, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Immerse yourself in the atmosphere. I can totally get behind that as a fan of the horror genre. I would I'd be interested in that. Ghostbusters too. Are you? How do you feel about it? Uh, the, oh, Ghostbusters two with the oh, oh yeah, the ladies, right? Paul Feig. Oh, you mean the Ghostbusters oh, remake? Go, yes, yes, yes. Excuse me, excuse the me. The Ghostbusters <laughs> remake. I am, I am trepidatiously excited. Ah, they have some talented folks on on the old cast list. Uh, some of my fave female comedians right now. So guys and ghouls. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Dude. <right. laughs> uh, Mikhail and Luke. Fellas. Ghosts. Yo. Yeah, ghosts. Uh, yeah, I'm not too into ghosts, man. <laughs> oh, <all> right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Just <laughs> R.I.P. Were you the one so who much- said I'm like I was prepared for this one? Or was that- <laughs> no, 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 that was me. Yeah. 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 All right. Like kick you off the show. Let the record state, Mikel, not a fan of ghosts. That's it. That's the long show. Have you guys seen Ghost? Uh, is it Swayze or no? So it is Swayze. I haven't and ghost. seen it. I've Swayze stars to me. No, have you seen that? Yeah, where he's a where he's a ghost and he's uh, something to do. Is that the ones do pottery or something? Yes, like, that is the. I, I just know the. I only know the Family Guy reference. For it. That's, <laughs> that's embarrassing. Like, Isn't it funny how like we like <laughs> I don't know, know about things English. based on a reference? <laughs> yeah, we like, know the reference, but we, <laughs> we don't, don't actually know the, know the source, source material. material. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my entire life is is I only know things because of Family Guy references. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we respect that. Luke, do you have any ghost thoughts? I no, I think you guys hit on all my ghost thoughts. Oh wow, we were yeah, what he yeah. took mine. That's a classic. <laughs> I think I said that in eighth grade more than any other student. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry, miss the he took mine. The guy right before me. Yeah, yeah. he took my answer. Yeah. Said. yeah. <laughs> all right, I guys. had all that written down in my notebook. I, I used to um, when I was younger. I used to be super scared, uh, like of our basement, my childhood home. And I would just like sprint through there, like with the light when the lights were off. I would just like run because I'd have to turn the lights off at the bottom of the stairs because we didn't have a light switch at the top. Oh, which was classic! Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
That, then, that's just intense, man. I mean, I know what you mean. The cross room light switch, and you got to get back to bed. Like <laughs> stupid planning. Like, just put a fucking yep. light switch on <laughs> the other side. But this this reminds me of uh, I believed in Santa, who is like maybe a ghost to some. But I, I believed in Santa for a while, and I had this weird thing where. I thought, like, my parents did this thing where they, like, the elves would come for several days before Christmas and put stuff in our stockings. All right. Yeah. And I would always think I heard them, like, putting stuff in our stockings when I couldn't sleep. And I remember there was one night where I got up and I looked under my door and I thought I just saw two elf feet standing in front of my door. I was, like, 100% convinced. And I thought they were just, like, standing guard. And I got scared shitless. Aww. And I couldn't sleep the rest of the night because I thought there was an elf just standing Oh my god. Hey, I mean, I gotta give it to you. I would be pretty fucked up about that. Yeah. Too. That's no laughing matter. I know. My parents really kind of like messed with me. It shows. I'm to still this kind day. of running from some sort of elf in my past. What about the We're ghosts all- of our past, guys? <laughs> let's get those closets open. Like, let's get those skeletons. Uh, what's the what's the most shameful thing you guys have ever done? Wow, I got a, I got a picture of me streaking somewhere on Facebook. Oh, that's so hey, that. That, no, that's that's, that's not a beat. You should be ashamed of that. Yeah, <laughs> just, that's just, just you living life to the fullest. <laughs> that'd be a sweet like profile. I think I actually across the web yeah. just like pixelate <laughs> that junk though. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Oh, that would be a killer. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, guys. If you put that on Unsplash, we will use it as the cover art for our next episode. <laughs> that is a guarantee that I'll make right here and right now. Uh, oh, hey, there's a question. Now. Do we use Unsplash photography for this one? Maybe – should we superimpose – should we ruin the photo and just, like, cut out their heads and put it over a beautiful <laughs> yeah, Unsplash? Like, yeah, the most intense uh, one. Some drop shadows on there. You could do it. You could do a faded out image of me streaking in the back with our two faces on the image. Yes. Oh, okay. This is a more involved. Usually, when we make promises on the show, they don't like. We promise to like Photoshop all sorts of shit on here, and also like drop in these like different like, sound effects, sound effects, musical interludes. Yeah, never happens. Hey, you can put a ghost in it and stuff. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Oh, we'll put a ghost on the page. <laughs> we'll put a ghost on all the pages for this one. <laughs> perfect, perfect, guys. All right. Well, you know, not maybe, maybe not the most. You know, you didn't have the the most ghost opinions that I've ever heard. But you guys facilitated. <laughs> right? That was a fail, right? That was a fail on our part. No, we, no, we it's knocked a, it around. Yeah, it's about having an open discourse, and maybe we supplied the content, but you guys reacted to it, and it, it still made for a fun, a fun conversation. Uh, but. But it's that time, though. It is that time again. That's time in the episode where we jump back into the topic and we ask... (laughs) After the the customary ghost. We we run across the room and flip the topic switch back on and then sprint up the stairs. And we ask our guests if they would be so gracious as to answer two questions for us as some last thoughts. Uh, And those questions are in order. What sure. can Jason. our guests yeah. <laughs> do to support you both and your project? And secondly, if you wanted our guests to take, or if wanted our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what would that be? Okay, couldn't hear the first one. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no problem. If, if, well, let's uh, just skip it. it really <laughs> if our uh, if our listeners could do, could support you guys, how would they do that? Uh, you know. You know, it's the obvious stuff. Like, I don't want to say the obvious stuff. No, you like, should. Yeah, go, to, go to our site and, and, and check things. it out. Yeah, it's unsplash.com. Go to, to, go to your site. 
and support you guys because you get this is cool. Oh, and I, oh <laughs> guys. Wow, that's, that's so kind. That's very nice. It, uh, that don't, is their mentality, though. I feel like that is absolutely. what you guys do is you support other people by providing things, and I feel like that love does come back around, right? Not that, yeah. that that's not the intention. It's not, yeah, it's it not the like intention. It's just like. Yeah, so it comes as a result, and it's often like a lot more than you would ever expect. And you guys are you guys are seeing that now with this, you know. And uh, you know, when I saw the calendar invite pop up, you know, ten thousand hours podcast, I sort of knew um, the ethos behind it, and I agree with you. Like, I was in a coffee shop, and then they had one of these posters up. It's like ten thousand hour barista, and then they have a course they're like trying to teach people. And I took a picture of that, and I'm like, I'm going to write a post about a breakdown of ten thousand hours and how actually. Uh, sorry, this is kind of a segue, but no, please. how actually uh, it's, it's actually pretty easy to achieve 10,000 hours. So I'm, I write every morning, for instance, and I started adding up like, the average time I write. And it's, you know, if you do five hours every morning, you can hit 10,000 hours. I don't remember my exact math, but uh, it might be it's less than two years. I'm gonna- writing, writing five hours in the morning. You're going to at get the same basically time, ready five hours every morning. You're going to get really good. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, five hours is a lot to do something every day, right? Yeah. That's nothing to sneeze at. And I think, I think we've reflected on this in the past on the show that 10,000 hours is in many ways an arbitrary number. Right. But what it speaks to is a commitment yeah. over time and consistency, right? I mean, yeah. more than right. anything, it is that consistency. If you did it for 20 minutes every day, 10 minutes every day like the results are just beyond just the actual amount of time let's say that adds up to a thousand hours it's it's like it's part of you in the other hours too it becomes a part of who you are in your life and your skills and they all feed each other it's just like those projects you put you know a hundred hours into each of them but really they kind of multiply each other because they are ongoing or you did finish them you did ship them it's like it's a really incredible, like the impact that committing to side projects or to, you know, really any projects and seeing them through has. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't remember who said it, but, you know, people always underestimate how much they can do in a short period of time. And they, they sort of overestimate, okay, I think I've got, you know, I've set this really long deadline and I've got all this time and people will kind of wait to the end and, you know, then they sort of run out of time. But if you're sort of just making progress a little bit every single day, that is the best thing and, and setting that up in the proper way. So when I write, I don't say I'm going to write, you know, 700 words. I actually think that's kind of flawed because if one day you don't write 700 words or you're not feeling it, are you going to want to do it the next day? Whatever you set as your goal, you should make it so that you want to do it the next day. So it's like, Hey, cool. I'm just going to write today. If I write a word, if I write a sentence, if I write a paragraph, if I write a whole blog post, it might average up to, you know, whatever, every single day, but at least I'm writing every day. That's the point. And I think that's what you're getting after as well. Yeah. Couldn't set it better yeah, myself. That's only one example of something you're committing to, but honestly, I think if more people just wrote every day, I think it would have a tremendous impact on their life. Yeah. It feeds into everything because what you learn about writing actually applies to so much, you know, and, and I actually learn a lot through comedians. So yeah. right, right now, um, I'm sort of obsessed with Louis C.K., uh, Jerry Seinfeld, um, just reading all of their stuff and their whole backgrounds. And, you know, they're all writers. They all come from sort of a writing background and comedy is like the most challenging type of writing. So if you look at the best comedians, 
you're looking at some of probably the best writers, people who can capture things. I sort of look at them as our age philosophers. Hell yeah. You know, well the said, way they, The way they break things down and the way they discuss topics um, to grab your attention, right? That is second to none, I think. And, and they're able to do that because they have this whole background. And they put writing. in so much time. Like these guys yeah. were doing so much. Like the road of a comedian is unbelievable. Like, right. I can't. It's like yeah, we talked to you, Jordan Brady, oh, who had yeah. some really good insights yeah. on the topic on a previous podcast. Yeah. it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, there's there's not an emotion quite as nuanced that to try to elicit as humor and laughter. Yeah. yeah. So I I have tremendous respect for. Comedians have, have and all you they do. Have listened to uh, Louis' episode on Marin? Uh, we'll, we'll show notes it. It's so worth listening to. I think it was voted by Slate as like the best podcast episode ever uh, in like okay. 2010 or 2012. So it was like so a couple of our episodes episode. no, in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, it was great, man. It, it just he talks about his background. He talks about like man, that story is so interesting. Yeah, it's just so raw. So that's yeah, it's so good at it. And so good, like just saying stuff he's thinking about and his word choices. And I'm like, how did he come up with these this bank of words? And when you just look backwards, you can trace toward, it. Yeah, you're like, okay, this guy wrote for every show. You know, and he was doing all the material for this stuff. He was trying crazy stuff all the time. And he he wrote about it. He's, he's like, everybody just needs to slow down and just let things happen. You know, it's going to take you a long time. You want to be, a, you know, someone who plays guitar for a living. You want to be a comedian. Give it time, man. You got to just, like, do a lot of shit before you get there. Oh, yeah. Well said. I, I dare say that that's a pretty, that's a pretty articulate kind of last thought. But is there, I mean, and in, in your guys's way you gave an answer to how can people support you that was very generous and gracious and selfless so thank you for that but if if our listeners want to interact with you can they like find you guys on social media or somewhere yeah uh yeah i'm uh i'm luke chester on everything i think there's there's not too many luke chesters yeah we we love uh you know feedback uh just chatting with people or you know any advice or anything they want to give. Um, we're unsplash on most things. Uh, is it pit crew on most things? Pit crew on most yep. things. And cool. Mikel Cho on most things. Great. Uh, but we spend a lot, most of our time, uh, social media time, I would say, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, not, not too much Snapchats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't snap you guys. No. Do not snap. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Twitter's a fun medium. I'm, I'm a big fan. The funnest in many ways. Um, yeah. I don't know what that even means. But... <laughs> <laughs> if you guys, if you guys would like to to leave our listeners with kind of one thing, what well, what would what would that be? Uh, you know, I think it's you know we we kind of talked about a lot of the things that we sort of believe in. And I think that's important. Uh, I think one thing that is that I maybe want to talk about a bit is to start something. And we run into this conversation a lot, especially with people who are coming to crew. It's like, these people are ready to start. And there's a whole bunch of people that haven't taken that jump yet. And I used to be one of those people. And I know what it's like where you're collecting things and you're making, you know, documents and you're doing this plan and you're doing all this stuff, but you're not making the thing. And sometimes, you know, one of the biggest things, and this kind of plays into all the side project stuff is you're going to have this whole big knowledge base of stuff that you can do and try to piece that together and build that really small thing that starts small version. Most of this you can do with a Google doc. 
literally. Like you could set up a thing and a MailChimp newsletter and most of your ideas, you can probably do a first version with that. And you can maybe do a couple other things with a, a, a Tumblr theme or you can do a Squarespace theme. So if you know those types of the little things exist, try to triangulate it and figure out sort of this really small version. You can keep thinking big, but start small. And I think that is um, something that is important because, you know, everyone has, I think, a, an idea sitting in them that can be great. And just starting is one of that's like separates 90% of people. Dude, fantastic. I mean, that's, fantastic. that's funny you were going to say that because that was exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say that too. I was going to say that too. But in reality. <laughs> no, I know. It's like, oh, damn. No, just kidding. No. But absolutely. I mean, that's, our, that's why we do our show, right? That's like our entire ethos is yeah. – Getting something started, getting something out there, getting something shipped. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think probably from what you guys learned from doing the very first show is more than you could have learned from any planning of you know so, the first show. So valuable. Yeah, hundred uh, percent true. It, I think a lot of it. Uh, the reasons people. I mean, there are a lot of reasons people don't do those things, but it's it's fear, and I think there's too much weight given yeah. to the value of validation. Right. And I think if you validate your own ideas and oh God, I've said this quote a million times. I really have. But Seth Godin has a fantastic quote, like something about like, uh, if you're trying to do something that's never been done before, no one's going to tell you to do it because if they did, they would have already done it and it would be a thing. So it's <laughs> right. like, just like trusting yourself and just doing things that you're attracted to. And, and besides that, I think skills, having the skills and the resources uh, around you and just being familiar with them. I think Unsplash is a great uh, example of that. It's a, that's a resource that is so valuable and that can be something you can count in your, in your corner when you are trying to put together an MVP or an idea or something. It's like exactly. being able to just turn the key and go. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest things that we've seen is, um, you know, we, uh, when we started, we were using, you know, MailChimp and Tumblr and all these things. Um, Noun Project is a good example of something oh. that's like Unsplash. It's on my desktop uh, now. Have you seen the yeah. Mac app? No, I haven't. Do it. So they have a Mac app now, and it integrates right. In, it's drag and drop into Illustrator. That's I, it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's so I'm gonna steal that idea for Unsplash. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I guess though, you can just drag and drop any Unsplash. No, app. but that would be a cool That'd thing. Like it could it's, sync. It could sync locally. If like if I if I had a, an app or a folder where I just could go. Because honestly, dude, I command click through Unsplash yeah. photos and download them all. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this this is on my to do list for sure. Yeah. Um, well, look at us. We're shipping stuff during the show. That's like. <laughs> um, I mean, thank you guys so much yeah. for your time. This has been an awesome conversation. Hey, you guys are rad. I had a lot of fun, and this is this is why we started this side project. Is to talk yeah. to you guys. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like this. Thanks for, um, yeah. Thanks for having us on, guys. Yeah. Really appreciate it. We do have we have one more request for you though. Ooh. We have we would love you guys to sign us off. And so let's see if we can do this a little more smoothly because last time we really butchered the instructions for this. Yeah. Uh, it's a really simple request. We believe, as we've said at this show, that uh, it's really important that we ship it. And so what we like to leave our listeners with every week is a ship it. That's basically just saying ship it, cheering it. It's kind of like our battle cry. It's a mantra, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, it's on our T-shirts. No, we don't have any T-shirts. We should get some. <laughs> that seems easy enough to do. Yeah. Would you guys be so kind as to do us the great honor of shipping us out? So we're just saying ship it? That's exactly right. Yes. One, two, three? One. One. On three or after three? I mean, we're going to leave that up to you guys. Yeah, you guys decide.
Let's on do three. on three. Oh. Wait, no, no. After three, I've never done on three. That's too intense. <laughs> okay. One, two, two. three. Ship, Ship it. it.